Welcome to season three of Under the Sisterhood, Women Making the World Healthier. We'll be featuring a series on investing in women's health, showcasing five powerhouse investors and venture capitalists over the next five weeks. Our conversations will focus on many different aspects of women's health and wellness. We'll examine women's health in general, sexual health, reproductive health, and menopause, and what it means to invest in them. This is a podcast to celebrate women and all that they do in our world. I'm Elizabeth Elfenbein. Let's get under the hood. Today, we're getting under the hood of Jess Carr, a daughter, sister, friend, and women's advocate, and the founder and general partner of Coyote Ventures, an early stage venture capital fund investing in women's health and wellness. Jessica's experience launching novel impact-focused products began when she joined Impossible Foods as the 12th employee where she helped develop and launch the Impossible Burger. She has since worked with startups internationally as an innovation consultant and as a principal with a family office. She is an LP and women-led funds and her angel investments have all become unicorns. Jessica holds an MS in biochemistry from UC San Diego, an MBA from Presidio Graduate School and a BA in philosophy from Texas State University. Jess lives in the Bay Area with her rescue palm and enjoys swimming in the Bay. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thanks for the great intro. Well, you have a wonderful story. I'm so excited. Season three is all about women making the world healthier. And I think it's amazing the series we're doing with the Women's Health VCs um, because you're investing back into women. And so if it's okay, I'd love to get going. Yes, excited to get started. <laughs> you have an interesting, you know, sort of consumer background in a way, and it would be great to understand what got you inspired and what was that inflection point on your journey into leading a VC around women's health? Yeah, I don't, I think that there's many inflection points along the way. I think I tended to, um, follow my intuition a lot and say, okay, I'm interested in this now. It's time to leave this and go to that. So I would say like when I was um, on the, in the investing role, I went through a lot of things personally in women's health. So a lot of founders also live um, through an experience and want to innovate around that. I personally went through some struggles with sexual wellness and just communication around that. And um, just realized, you know, I was actually first researching about the orgasm gap, the fact that women, you know, struggle more with um, orgasms and heterosexual encounters. And so um, that's that's what turned me on to, to the industry from the beginning. Um, and then just realizing from there how many other underserved areas there are in women's health. Um, and my mom was an OBGYN nurse, so it, it definitely went back all the way back to my roots, but I felt like a lot of um, little parts around the journey were were also turning points, like getting the job at Impossible early on, you know, before I even knew what a startup was. Um, and, and then, you know, um, deciding when to leave that and when to pursue a business degree. Um, so, so there's a lot of turning points along the way. And I would say it was never clear to me always like exactly where I was going to go and end up what I read was that you started Coyote in what, 2021. So that's fairly recent, but you have such a, when I look at the portfolio, it's really a nice broad portfolio. What was your first investment and why? We had basically two investments starting out. So one of them was Mod. Um, so they were raising a series A and I actually had met 
Ava when she was raising the seed round. Um, I diligenced it when I was at the prior firm um, and they didn't end up investing, but I remembered it was the deal I was most excited about the whole time I was there. You know, when I was launching Coyote, I reached out and it was exactly the right timing. She was like, yeah, we have, you know, X amount left. Um, we're closing. It's oversubscribed. Or it, it ended up being oversubscribed, but they did have like a small amount left. So I quickly grabbed allocation, which, you know, don't always do because um, I diligence at first. But in this case, I had a lot of knowledge from the prior um, diligence. And so I would say like Mod was actually one of the companies that helped inspire Coyote. So it was very meaningful to be able to invest. Um, and the other one we did at the same time is called Wild. It's um, supplements and tinctures for women 40 plus. And um, I really loved that, you know, still love. Uh, but at the time, my thinking was, you know, the team was really um, rock star. So they didn't, they didn't even have their website live yet. But, you know, obviously I had previews on what the branding was, what the products were. Um, I knew that the team had the right like relationships to really launch and scale and and start selling this in, you know, they, they launched in Whole Foods soon after, for example. So um, we basically, um, when I, when we did our first close, those were the first two checks wired. So it was about the same time. With your breast cancer um, product with the, you know, and that would be what prevention? Yeah, it's, it's called Gabby. So they collect a lot of information to understand um, what someone's risk, what one individual's risk could be for breast cancer. So it is looking at prevention. So even with, um, there's a lot going on in terms of like early diagnostic screening. So a lot on the like molecular test side, for example, or just bettering the mammogram experience. But this one is all through digital platforms. So it could also work hand in hand with those. Uh, that's awesome. I mean, anything. And, uh, you know, I think I heard recently what it's one in eight women. I interviewed um, Efrat Roman. She's the founder of Easy Bra from Israel. And she is also a breast cancer survivor. And I think she was saying that one in eight women globally will experience breast cancer. So, I mean, if you can do anything for detection of that early, early detection, um, we know that easily go into remission and be cured. Um, that, that's awesome. You started your fund in 2021. So you're, you've got a vast portfolio. How do you see it growing? What are you imagining? I, I definitely like having synergies between the companies. So I love seeing, you know, partnerships, um, how they can work together. So we've seen some partnerships on the sales front already happening, some some on the marketing front also happening. So I do I do see it being a comprehensive portfolio um, that can cover, you know, lots of different ages of women, women, uh, the stages of their lives, as well as sort of different different needs that, that will come up at different points. So some of it is preventative, some of it is um, related to like a actual condition, and some of it is um, related to age. So sort of like while is a supplement you can take in your 40s. Um, and then some of it is on the sexual wellness side. So yeah, I see I see a, a lot of um, growing sort of the reach and, and how it can continue to improve lives. So there's there's a lot of other, you know, areas where we haven't done as much investing. So looking to definitely expand all of that. That's, that's great question about that. That's really interesting that you're saying it's one thing to create, um, 
your portfolio and see the synergies amongst them? Are you connecting the dots to the different founders so that they can work together and have partnerships or is it happening organically? No, yeah, I'm directly connecting a lot of them. So, you know, like the Indo company is now connected with the fertility company, um, you know, because like, as so so this is um, like endo endometriosis is the number one cause of female infertility. So a lot of times at the fertility clinics, they'll get tested for endo. And so um, the, one of the companies that I've met that isn't in our portfolio, um, but they'll be um, launching together. And then our, our fertility company is helping secure uh, financing for fertility. Um, and so that company is also planning to be involved in, in these sort of partnerships, for example. You know, and I was reading about your fertility, the, the, that, that company, the investing in it. And I think that's, a, it sounds like a wonderful, because it's such an expensive proposition. So I was really, you know, just happy to know about that because I know of women who, who are challenged when it comes to, you know, having, getting pregnant. So it's nice to know that something like that exists out there to support their ability to do it. Thanks. Yeah. It's called Sunfish. Um, exactly. So I know sunfish. I mean, it's great. And um, yeah. Are you covering conditions like where and where do you see that going? Are you more interested in more the prevention and diagnostic area? Well, in terms of industry, we're not doing right now therapeutics and medical devices. So I think that that's going to, you know, inherently limit some of what we're actually doing to cure things. Um, but I think like early diagnostic is a way to, you know, help things not advance. And so that's part of it. But yeah, doing um, med devices, therapeutics, that's just a totally different, um, you know, in terms of looking at the actual venture portfolio construction, um, as well as, you know, where is our team's knowledge and ability to help. And so that that's why we have to create a few sort of uh, boxes around what we're doing and not doing. Um, thanks for that. Have you felt like it was interesting in talking to another um, VC and the talking about the approach um, she went and she, I think her first investment was around sexual health as well. Have you felt the same challenges with that in terms of getting funding for your overall? For example, you know, we're raising from Bank of America and, and looking at, um, you know, how conservative they might be. And so I you know, put the whole summary of all of our portfolio companies and we have two in the sexual wellness category and, and they, yeah, had no issues. And so I was really thankful for that. So I think it definitely depends on who you're speaking with, but I do remember a few funds that would, you know, reach out and say, Hey, we want to co-invest. And I would always bring up like one in the sexual wellness sphere and, and see what their reaction was. And there was several who, um, said like, oh, this won't ever get through our whole meal investment committee. So part of my thinking was like, it's less of an issue for actual raising the funds um, because I would like to have, um, you know, LPs who are aligned, like I even write, you know, about abortion rights in our newsletters. And so, um, yeah, the first time I did that, I was nervous, but it, um, yeah, I felt supported by getting positive responses there. And so, um, I, I felt like the challenge might be a little bit more making sure whatever we are funding um, will be able to secure like follow on funding later, because as you move up um, the chain in terms of 
investors writing bigger checks, it does become a lot more male dominated. Thank you for that. I think it's interesting with the Bank of America signing on, because I think once you get one of one of the banks, because banks are more conservative, it's easier. It's easier to secure the next. So I think that that's really, really, really fortunate. And I'm sure that they're also investing in you. How do you imagine as you continue to grow? I mean, you're two years in, right? Three years in. I know that you're going to invest and integrate and have all the, the products, but how do you imagine this world? So how do you imagine the next few years for Coyote Ventures? I am working hard to figure out who our best like follow-on investors and acquirers, for example. That's always part of um part of the job in nurturing relationships with other funds and really speaking to um some markets they might not be familiar with. Like that was why actually Sunfish really they raced um around and mostly had insiders in, but they said, oh, we really want a women's health fund so that when we're raising the next round, like, you know, I can be pulled in and really educate about the market. Um, so a lot of it is that like, you know, women's health, um, it, it has like gotten more attention, but I think, you know, some folks are still like, oh, is this too niche? And um, another thing that I'm communicating is that there's a lot of things that fit our thesis that you might not think of coyote right away. So a lot of areas um, where it'll have majority women customers or patients, but you might not know that like right on the surface. So one of our recent investments, Better Leave, they provide bereavement benefits. So if somebody close to you passes away, um, your employer could provide these benefits in terms of like, how do I plan a funeral, but also how do you access mental health um, around this grief and loss. So they have um, specific therapists trained um, in grief and loss, um, which, you know, if you go on one of the other mental health, telehealth platforms, you might not have that same experience. Um, and, and that's exactly like it fits, you know, our thesis because they do um, have more women customers. And you do think about, especially like towards end of life, uh, women are living longer. Um, so, so yeah, there's a lot of things that still, like it's not a broadening of our thesis. It's very much like advancing health. Um, but there, there might be a lot of companies like that that we'll do next that people might not have thought of Coyote right away because usually they associate Coyote with like only women specific um, type conditions. Well, I think, first of all, I think it's great that 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 you own that. And then, but I think it's also wonderful that you're able to, to broaden that. And I better leave is a really interesting um, proposition. I think when you think about the caregiver, you know, and all the suffering and, and it's interesting because you have caregivers who are caregivers to children, who caregivers to, to parents who are aging to your point. And so there's all different types of um, caregivers. So I think that that's a, a that's a really good investment, actually. Yeah, or, um, people, you know, other things that other people using the platform you might not think of right away is like a pet loss or a pregnancy loss. Like there's other types of grief and loss where you, or it might be a friend. Like you might not have even been a caregiver, but you might still be grieving. So, yeah, it it, it is a pretty wide net in terms of who, you know, is potentially grieving and, and could use this type of help. What are you passionate about? What What is it that, you know, makes you want to do it separate of making money? I mean, you know, clearly <laughs> you've been lucky. You've been like investing in all, all these unicorns. That's a pretty, that's a pretty great run. But what gets you excited about it, about what you're doing today? 
I my I think the most exciting thing is seeing the impact of what's out there. And so seeing, you know, like even the endo diagnostic, like talking to people who need it. And then, you know, on the flip side, I, I mean, not hasn't happened with this one yet, because very few people have, um, you know, they're, they're, they've, they've had a clinical trial of less than 100 people so far. But, you know, like things like Impossible when we launched that, like seeing the product out in the world and how, you know, it is like changing, um, you know, changing the way that we think about things. And so like with women's health, you know, thinking about how some of the companies are out there talking about periods and menopause and changing the conversation as well as making products that, um, you know, really benefit people as well. So, um, yeah, like something like preventing, someone um from you know getting stage four cancer when they're like under 40 for example so um yeah i think definitely seeing seeing how these like game-changing products um can really change the world as i was reading about um coyote ventures one of the things i think and i would imagine it's for most vcs you get heavily involved in the companies that you invest in so you buy you buy into you know tell us a little bit about your approach to you know, making that investment? So yeah, there's a lot of ways that we like to help. And I would say, um, you know, all VCs pretend that all founders are calling them all the time and that they're so helpful. But it the reality is that it really varies. There's some companies where you might help them once or twice. Um, and then there's some companies that you are on the phone with all the time. Um, and so a few categories, um, you know, we like to do definitely share um, companies with the co-investors and make sure they're well funded with a good syndicate. Um, we've been part of some syndicates that are pretty much all women investors, which is pretty exciting. Um, and then another one is looking at like, where could they benefit from, you know, connecting with. Um, so we have a advisor roster where um, these talented people can help companies essentially. So they could even be hired. They be, could be a consultant or advisor. Um, so we like to sort of connect that talent. Um, and we've also been able to help some on the product side. So like understanding more like product communication of like, um, like while getting into whole foods, looking at the literature of these like plant-based phytoestrogens, how do they affect health and um, helping them um, with, with that information that they shared for Whole Foods. So that was kind of a unique um, way to help, but yeah. This is um, your platform today to give a message to women around the world, ages 18 to 100. What do you want to say to women around the world from all different cultures and backgrounds? Well, I think my message um, is to keep in touch with your feminine values I read this book, Women Who Run With the Wolves, which helped inspire Coyote Ventures and just recognizing how you can um, be in tune with your intuition and your feminine nature. Um, and that's really brought me where I am today. And so if you can, um, you know, think more about being, um, you know, feminine, collaborative, empathetic, um, you know, what are, what are some of your values and how you can live by those? I do want to poke you a little more on, so what's your message as a founder of a women's health BC? Um, well, if you'd like to get involved, you can become an investor. You can um, start companies. Um, you know, you can check out the portfolio. You can follow any of the companies. Um, yeah, there, there's more to come. So, 
Well, thank you so much, Jess. This has been an amazing conversation. You are doing so much good for the world. Investing back in women and women's health is just amazing. I feel like I feel like you're part of you're the future. So thank you so much for your time today and for letting us get under the hood. We Thanks for listening to Under the Sisterhood. If you haven't already, please give us a quick rating and review on Apple or Spotify. And make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn so you can hear from more amazing women. This podcast is created and hosted by Under the Sisterhood LLC and Elizabeth Elfenbein, produced by Elizabeth Elfenbein and Matt Butler and edited by Matt Butler. The music is by Ayla Schaefer, her song Rose.